All right, everybody. Good afternoon, Guru Wins Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on to the Detroit Lions as we continue to move through our team podcast. Wiz, the Matt Patricia era, the rotten apple, uh, or yet another rotten apple off the uh, Bill Belichick uh, coaching tree is finished. Dan Campbell moves in. Talking about biting off kneecaps, he does get a six-year deal, so they're certainly going to put some stock in this guy, bringing some good fortunes to the Motor City. And the Detroit Lions have changes everywhere we look. It could be a very interesting season for the Lions. Hopefully, some hope for the future. Yeah, they have they have some good young players, and I think they're 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 building that team the right way. And I think that offensive line in another year or two is going to be one of the best offensive lines in football, uh, led by a tremendous tackle Panay Sewell, who they took in this uh, past year's draft. So you know, I think it's going to take a little time and a little patience, which may be difficult if you're a Lions fan because of uh, how long they they. They've been unsuccessful in the NFL, but uh, I think there could be some hope uh, because of the offensive line play, and I believe that they do have some young, good, promising players. Um, Start with the quarterback, Jared Goff, who I guess is really going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. It just seems like McVay and the Rams and some people in that organization kind of blame their lack of success or not going as far you know they didn't make it to the Super Bowl and you know if they had Cooper Cup for that Super Bowl who knows if they would have won but because um, their defense played terrific in, um, in, in that game but as far as the Lions go um, you know I, I mean it's been frustrating we've had receivers on the Rams and we've had even Jared Goff a couple of times and it's just been frustrating with that player uh, so um, as much as I understand he's been playing with a chip on his shoulder, I'm not going to have Jared Goff, any equity in that player. I don't think he should be drafted as a starter. I don't even think you should be drafting him as a quarterback, too. Um, just just because their receivers are rookies, second-year players, and players from other teams, it's going to, I think, take a little time for continuity. So I'll be taking a pass on Jared Goff this year in all formats. Oh, will you be doing the same? Oh, well, you know what I'm going to answer there. I, I will be taking a pass. And I, I think you look, if you look really closely, and I don't know if the two go hand in hand, Wiz, but look, he had a really healthy running back and, and a monster running back his first couple of seasons as starter in Todd Gurley. And I think, you know, and we talked about that failure in the Super Bowl, but once Gurley's kind of became a less impactful player, I think there was an impact on this entire offense. We talked about this offensive line. You know, the interesting part of the offensive line he was on the run a lot, Jared Goff. He wasn't necessarily sacked a lot. I think he was sacked 100 times in his four years as a starter for for for, um, for the Rams. Uh, whereas in the same time period, I think Matt Stafford was sacked over 45 times. So, But as you mentioned, this is going to be a better line and it's a better situation, so it might help him. But I think he regressed quite a lot. 60 touchdowns his first two years as a starter. The last two years combined, only 42 touchdowns. He threw a lot of interceptions, 29, 29 interceptions in the last two years. Uh, and you saw his yards per attempt continually drop down. The offense became much more conservative. So, you know, given this situation, and he comes into a situation where, you know, we talked about this receiving group already because it's kind of hard to decipher uh, in, in our wide receiver when we, when we did that wide receiver podcast. But look, there's not an elite group of guys here. Someone will eventually step up. But all of these reasons combined, um, you know, I think Dan Campbell will want to 
be a running team, and he's got some good running backs on on this football team. Uh, but I think I will be taking a pass at Jared Goff. Certainly as a starter, I could see him being a backup for sure. Uh, but as a starter, um, um, it, it's a no for me. Uh, he did get a lot of blame, I think, for what happened the last couple of years. And we're going to find out, you know, if it was Sean McVay or if it was the system or, or, or if it was actually a system that Jared Goff was actually running and that he had the inability to kind of le- lead this team. Because we both like players like Cup and Robert Woods and and. Not that they weren't productive, but it just, you know, it seemed like Goff couldn't put the ball in the end zone, and they became a very inefficient offense. Yeah, and I think uh, I think back in, you know, the tail end of 2019, teams kind of caught on to what the Rams were doing, and uh, he just did not adjust. He didn't make any adjustments, and Belichick was all over that offense in the Super Bowl. They couldn't move the ball, and uh, that's that's when we get to the Rams. We'll talk about McVay, but while some positions, there's probably not too many fantasy football starters on the Lions, but where there is starters potentially are at the running back position where DeAndre Swift looked terrific uh, at times last year. He's got a lot of talent. Then uh, Jamal Williams now uh, joins him in that running back room. I have DeAndre Swift as a running back too. And uh, Jamal Williams is no handcuff at all. I think he has potential value as a flex player. Uh, He brings a different skill set. He's a better receiver, I believe, than DeAndre Swift. He's better at pass protection than DeAndre Swift. He may not have um, the, the, you know, the the speed and the big play potential that DeAndre Swift has, but he brings a a different set of of skills um, to, to the Lions offense. So I have Swift as a running back too, and even Jamal Williams some value as a flex you know, if they use both players the way I think they're going to do, and considering the wide receivers on the team, I think you're going to see a lot of both players on the field. How do you see it? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of debate right now in fantasy circles right now about Jamal Williams potentially actually being the starter when games start. Uh, I, I, I tend to agree with you that DeAndre Swift will be the more valuable guy. We know the way he finished 2020. He was a big part of the success for a lot of fantasy teams. Uh, because he certainly took off that uh, those rookie uh, kid gloves that were on him, and he was uh, he was the guy to own in Detroit for sure. Um, but I think you mentioned Williams. Williams has a high football IQ. He's a great blocker. Uh, I think he has standalone value. He can catch the football. He's a hard-nosed player. Uh, I think you'll see both these players. I, I agree with your assessment. Uh, they also drafted Jamar Jefferson, who will get an opportunity to be a third running back on this roster out of Oregon State. Uh, so it's a good running back combination, I think, you know, for, for fantasy. I think both players will give value. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're going to be a DeAndre Swift owner, you better be prepared uh, because the price of somebody like Jamal Williams will be higher than a normal backup. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think Jamal Williams will be drafted uh, on as standalone value, and uh, I believe both running backs will 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 have fantasy value, and uh, may even both end up being fantasy football starters. Williams starting off probably as a flex play. Uh, the wide receiver position, uh, I'm just going to take a pass on all of these guys, you know, at least, at least for this year. Um, I just, I just don't see it. Um, I, you know, I like, 
I like Quinton Cephas. He had some flashes. Uh, they have Ty Williams. Uh, they have Perriman and St. Brown they, they drafted as well. So this is a, a wide receiving group, especially the younger guys that could grow over time. But as far as those four players, um, I see zero of the four as fantasy, fantasy football starters. I do not have any of those players as high as wide receiver three. So I won't be drafting any of those wide receivers. Is there anyone in that group that you can envision being a uh, fantasy football starter this year for the Lions? We're going to talk about TJ Hawkinson in a moment. Um, but, you know, looking at this receiver crew, uh, and and I would say Motley comes to comes to mind, but somebody's going to have to catch the football. So, and they've brought in a lot of different players here. If you remember the year before, they actually signed Geronimo Allison uh, from Green Bay. He opted out, so he's on this roster as well. Chad Hansen, who was a late addition to the Texans last year, who actually had some big games. Uh, at times, I look at him, he does remind me a little bit. I'm, I'm not saying he's Cooper Cup, but he's got that kind of a physique. Uh, Khalif Raymond, the kind of speed guy down the field, uh, also had from Tennessee. There's a ton of guys here. And you mentioned a guy like Cephas, who, who definitely was a big yards per catch guy last year, even though he didn't catch a lot of balls. And Perryman and Williams have given you some home runs when they've been given an opportunity, but it's been very sparse in terms of consistency. Uh, so it's a tricky, tricky group. I think that there'll be some connections at this point in time. I mentioned on that other podcast that I thought Amra St. Brown does have some intrigue to me as a slot guy. I think uh, Goff will develop a rapport with someone, and someone will have some value. I don't think coming out of the draft it'll be the case. One of these guys will be a wave-of-wire pickup. Fair enough. I think there will be somebody who will catch a lot of passes, but I don't think it will be any of that wide receiving group. I love TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I just love that player. He is just a terrific blocker, a a terrific receiver. He's one of the best all-around tight ends in the National Football League. His third year uh, in 2019, Tyler Higby in like the last five or six games had one of the best stretches in recent memory for tight ends, averaging like seven passes at a hundred yards a game. I think you're going to see a whole lot of that with TJ Hawkinson for the season. Uh, I see his catches getting up to somewhere around 80 or 85 catches, which is a lot of catches for a tight end that's not named Travis Kelsey, uh, and, and a big season, and, a, and he's a terrific red zone target as well. And it's honestly the type of passes that Jared Goff throws best, likes to throw the most, and looks for the most. So um, I just think it's, you know, all systems go for me and TJ Hawkinson. Um I, I'm going to try and get as much equity in T.J. Hawkinson as I can this year. I just like the player a lot, and I just think it just sets up well for him to get a ton of targets and catches this year. Yeah, I think it feeds into two things, Wiz. It, it, you, you combine the receivers that the Detroit Lions have, and you combine that with kind of the quarterback and the type of player that Jared Goff is. And it's just, to me, this is a home run, uh, if he stays healthy, 85 catches. And if he's going to catch 85 balls, he'll probably approach somewhere between 900 and 1,000 yards. You'll probably see him get close to uh, double-digit touchdowns, I would argue. Last year, 67 catches for a little over 700 yards, six 
six touchdowns, but I, I agree with your assessment. It's a player that is going to warrant top five attention at, at the tight end position. And I think just given the situation, it seems like a, you know, a very sure thing outside of an injury taking care of him. Yeah, I know. I've seen like these kind of like a lot of these projections, a lot of these fantasy drafts kind of, you know, and I understand that Kelsey Kittle and Waller in a group up three and then kind of, Pitts, Hawkinson, and Andrews uh, in the next group of three as four, five, and six. Then kind of like Logan Thomas after that. But out of that group of four, five, and six, uh, I, I like TJ Hawkinson. And uh, like I said, I'm going to try and get as much equity in that player as I possibly can. Yeah, I want to um, mention uh, one thing was too. I, I, I want to just point out for everyone that Anthony Lynn is the offensive coordinator here. Um, I'm not saying Anthony Lynn was a great offensive uh, or a great football coach, but he's been around a lot of very good running back centric and tight end centric teams in in his years where tight ends will be productive in his offenses, as will the running backs. So I just want to kind of point that out. Anthony Lynn is the new offensive coordinator. He was a coach of the last Los Angeles Chargers uh, last year. Uh, definitely had some issues with time management. So hopefully that, that gets rectified as, as not being a head coach, because there's a lot of different things that go on when you're the head coach that you have to worry about but they tend to be more running back and tight end centric offenses and I think that fits perfectly into the skill sets that the Detroit Lions have and again given their shortcomings of receiver that's where fantasy value is going to come from on this team and I agree I agree with that uh, and as far as the special teams um, I don't think anybody of their own free will would draft the Lions defense or Randy Bullock, so I'm not sure I have nothing really to say or add about that. I'm not sure you do. But. I just have one thing to say. Wasn't Matt, you know, Matt Patricia, mathematician guy, pencil sticking out of his year, wasn't he a defensive guy, Wiz? Uh, yeah, you know, he was a defensive guy with the Patriots, but I guess when you don't have uh, the Bill Belichick to go thing, run things over and, uh, and the personnel that the Patriots had, uh, I guess you're, you know, you're not exactly a defensive specialist after all. But uh, no, I mean, and, and this defense was one of the, in terms of yardage given up, and in terms of um, uh, uh, points given up, one of the worst in the league. And yeah, I'm staying. I'm completely staying away from this group. Absolutely no interest. Yeah, and same thing with the Bullock as well. I just you know, don't. Yeah, I think there are many, many more interesting uh, kickers to go by. So. I have nothing further to add uh, regarding the Lions. How about you? Nothing at all. Uh, time to, for us to talk about and speculate. Green Bay Packers up next. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, NFC North Capsules we're on right now. Uh, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, and we're on SoundCloud. Make sure you're subscribing. Wiz, talk to you about the Packers very shortly. Got it.